and we're live. Hello, thank you for joining me today on Becca's World. I'm your host, Flying Becca. Today, I am trying out a piece of my technology to help me with my notes because I'm really trying to make my show better quality. So please forgive me today because I'm wearing headphones. Um, today, Tom is with us and we have a couple other people that are, said they would be joining us along the way, so we'll get started. How are you today, Tom? Good. Okay. So the first thing I want to talk about is something that I heard on the first thing when I woke up this morning when I was listening to the news on my ALEXA. And that was that the Democrats have passed an almost $2 trillion spending package. They're calling it a Corona relief package or something like that. And I just want to point out to our viewers where in this package, Americans are going to be getting this promised $1,400 for individuals, and I believe it's going to be twice that for married couples. Someone has to pay that off, and it's going to be, it's a $2 trillion package. That's going to be our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren are going to be responsible for paying that back, just so we can have it a little bit easier right now, when what we should really be doing is making, is insisting that our lawmakers let us open our businesses and, and go back to work so we can earn a, an honest living and, and, and become, you know, be, live better lives like we were doing before. And I just wanted to discuss that with our viewers. And they're doing all of this while hiding in Washington, D.C., behind a wall with razor wire on it. That's what those, those people have done. The people that were elected in November. They're, they're hiding behind that wall with razor wire in Washington, D.C., doing all of this stuff to us. They're hiding from us, you guys. And I just want to point this out to you guys, that there's a reason they're hiding, and there's a reason they're doing all this stuff that's hurting us. And people better wake up and start paying attention. Um, but, yeah, so this $2 trillion package is only the start of it. A lot of um, bad stuff has been going on since the Democrats took over in November. Um, anyway, how are you, Tom? I'm good. Okay. So let me review my notes real quick, guys. Yeah, and another thing that they've been doing in Washington, D.C. is not only do they have that that damn wall up with the razor wire, but they have our military, the men and women that we pay to protect us, the men and women that we have trained to protect us, they have them in that city protecting them from us. And they're so scared of us because of everything they're doing to us, you guys. I just want everybody to know how serious the situation is. Um, this is a, a socialist, communist nightmare we're, we are descending into here. And, and it's going to be really hard to survive it. So I just think better people better get their heads screwed on straight. Um, anyway. Oh. <laughs> oh, and I wanted to discuss the charges that are popping up almost daily against Governor Cuomo. There's all kinds of people coming forward with new charges of sexual crimes that he's committed against them, sexual assault and or harassment. Um, and then we've got our president in the White House who's um, popping feels on children and stuff and women. Um, I just want to point 
point out that these Democrats that we have in office right now are pretty sleazy fucking men, you guys. They're gross, these perverts. Um, and I think people better think about these people they're electing for office. And then I want to talk about all the ways in which President Biden is making us less safe. He's tearing down the wall on the southern border that President Trump was in the process of putting up to protect us from foreigners coming across our border who mean us ill intent. He has rejoined the Paris Accord. Um, he's kissing China's ass. He's, he's doing all this stuff that's putting us in danger you guys and and i just want to point these things out to you guys because maybe not everybody's paying attention and then hr 127 you guys this is a bill that was introduced to the house of representatives by sheila jackson lee a democrat this bill if you go on and read it it is full of nothing but ways in which they are taking away our constitutional second amendment right constitutional rights you guys they're taking away our second amendment rights through hr 127 and you guys have to we all have to stop them because if they take our guns away then they're coming for us next our guns are all we have to protect ourselves that's not gonna happen at my house And then I wanted to talk about Rush Limbaugh's death recently. Um, Rush was uh, an icon and a leader in the conservative movement, and I, for one, loved Rush, and I miss him dearly. Um, oh, and then I wanted to talk about this talk of secession by some of the states. Um, I know Becca, Joe has actually joined us now. Um, Joe, it looks like you're outside, so it's very loud. The background noise. Oh, I do you have headphones? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, so Joe, I'm, so, I'm sorry inside? about that. Uh, hi. Uh, hi. 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 I could, I could but uh, well, there, there's a loud child inside, too. Okay. Um, so can you maybe birds are more peaceful than a loud child, to be honest? Okay, so how are you, Joe? I'm I'm do, I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Joe, we've already been I've been talking about some of these topics, um, uh, some of these things that here I'll just I'll review my notes and I'll discuss them with you so you can be familiar with what we've already been talking about. Um, I've, we've been talking about what the Democrats have been doing um, since they took office. Just this morning, I heard that they just passed this $2 trillion spending package. And I pointed out to our viewers how it's going to be our children and grandchildren and great grandchildren and us ourselves who are going to be paying back these trillions of dollars. You know what I mean? And um, 
And then we talked about how um, these Democrats who just passed this $2 trillion bill have barricaded themselves in Washington, D.C., our capital city. They have put a wall up with razor wire along the top of it, and they filled the city with our military to protect themselves from us, the voters. And so these are the things I was pointing out to our viewers because we're in a really ser serious situation here in America right now. Yeah. Do you have anything to say about this, Joe? Um. Well, I, I, I try not to focus too much on it because every time I look at the news, it kind of brings me down. Oh, sorry, I'm on the phone. I understand that, Joe. I gotta go get a package. In life, if if we see scary things and we stick our head in the ground like an ostrich, nothing will be done. I tried that 30 plus years ago in my own life. Alexa, you can't stick your head in the ground like an ostrich and no. pretend the world's not happening. You have to get out there and try to fix things, try to make things better. Yeah, we, and, we, and we can't we, throw away the baby with the bathwater here. We can't cut off our nose to spite our face. There are so many old sayings I can say here to, to make my point. You know what I mean? And yeah. Anyway. Which, which I understand. I, but, but like on social media, though, I'm very careful not to broadcast my my views on it either because mm -hmm. it, it could really hurt me down the line if I was to get a job or something. You, mm. The, the yeah. whole thing with every, anything you say on social media now being public record, you, you kind of have to. Yeah, so Joe, another thing I wanted to talk about today, which is off of that topic, is the N what's going on with the NFB. Have you, are you a member of the NFB? No, I, I kind of pulled away because I felt like the NFB I feel like the NFB's kind of gotten out of their lane a little bit. What do you mean by that? I mean, I I I watch some of the things that go on in, in the NFB, and they kind of get involved in this democratic movement. Oh yeah. They they they. I I listen to a lot of. What? I'm going to be opening up up a package, so there might be a lot of box noises. Okay, well, just maybe Gino can mute your microphone then. Go ahead and continue, Joe. Sorry for the interruption. I mean, we there 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 had been some talks when I was at the Colorado Center for the Blind, and people had talked about their fears of President Trump getting elected because they they thought, well, maybe, well, maybe he's gonna he's gonna really he's gonna really hurt the efforts of what the NFB does, and it's like I thought the whole purpose was to be there for for blind people not 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 go outside and and get involved in anything else and you feel like the nfb was becoming more political oriented yeah. than helping the people i i understand that joe that is i totally see that um and and i've had a few members question whether or not i i should be in because i'm so conservative they they wonder they wonder if i'm loyal to the blind community now yeah, you know, I'm very conservative as well, Joe, and um, I I love the NFB because of their what they stand for. You know, I have always believed what they say that blindness is not what holds us back, right? 
And yeah. I've even found that my blindness has actually made me stronger than a lot of my sighted peers. I feel like I've done a lot more in life with a lot less. You know what I mean? Because of my perspective, because of my blindness. And um, so I really embraced the NFB when I joined. But then when I joined, I saw a lot of them really didn't seem to believe what they were preaching. And and it was a real turnoff for me. So I really haven't been that involved for quite a while. But yeah, I, I still believe in their their founding, you know, their foundational thing principles. Yeah, and I, I think they're absolutely right. And, and as and as I'd mentioned before, you know, it 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 weighed heavily on me. But like like I said, I I'm really careful about how much I share about my views on social media because of what it could do to my reputation for future job prospects. Because people look at people look at that people look at your social media accounts if you're looking to work and if they see that you've you've spoken out against anything political it could really hurt hurt your future there there's a lot of people who've been fired for posting how they believe politically and that's you know joe what you're talking about is this this thing of them stripping people of their identities right stripping people of their livelihoods, of their ability to do anything in this country just because they disagree with their political views, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, there, there have been people here in Sierra Vista who've been fired because they spoke out against Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. on social media. And mm-hmm. it and they don't have any job prospects anywhere now. Mm-hmm. And and so that's one reason why I'm very careful to in, in case videos become public, I'm very careful of how much I talk my political views because I I don't want to hurt my future by well, tar- Joe, you tar- Joe, you realize this is going out live right now, right? Yeah. Okay, just so you're clear, but we have very small viewership. Um, but um, these are very like grave concerns and they're becoming more serious every day here in America. The stranglehold that that the big conglomerates have and the fact that mo- a lot of them are liberal leaning and, and they're leaning towards the side that wants to take our, our rights away. You know what I mean? Our rights to have our own opinions and our own thoughts and, and express those. And, and how, how do we know it's not this side who wants to tear who 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 decides they want to take the ADA away it's tr- Trump never wanted to hurt the Trump never wanted to do anything to damage the ADA you know what it was during Trump's it Trump's administration that I actually opened my company and oh I left my husband you know early on in Trump's administration and I opened my company and I'm writing my third book now. I've been doing all this stuff and I started it under President Trump's administration. And it was because of all of the things he was doing to to take away the barriers, you know, for a woman and for a blind woman, especially. You know, I really love President Trump for what he did for me and my sex and, and my fellow blind people and my fellow Americans. Yeah, but but if you if you were to, if you were to ask a lot of people in the blind community, a, a lot of them are against President Trump. Yeah, but if you ask them why, they can't give you a valid reason because they just they're just mad because they've heard they're supposed to be mad or they're unhappy because they they've heard that they're supposed to be unhappy. They really don't know why. They, and it's just they 
a lot of them I know, they said they were afraid of our rights as blind people being taken by Trump. Mm-hmm. You didn't find that to be the case, though, did you, Joe? During, under no. No. I didn't either. But, but I, I really feel like he was empowering the little people. He was empowering those of us who've always struggled to get ahead, those of us who struggled to get a chance. And I love that about President Trump. Yeah. When I went to the Colorado Center, though, it, it, a lot of people there, they they said they were concerned, like he could get the center shut down or he could he could shut down the NFB. They they said all these they 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 they, catas- they catastrophized a lot of things because they were afraid of the new administration coming in. Yeah, I know. Um, and it's really sad about what happened in November. Um but you know what? We're still here, and this isn't over. So we and and we do have a chance in in the midterm election to cast our votes mm-hmm. again. Yeah, Joe. The reason that what I was talking about though with the NFB was having them do more with their rules because I'm a member of the NFB and and so I listen to the presidential release whenever I can, and they've also got some other literature that they send out regularly, right? And I, I learned that they are in the process of writing new rules for conduct and stuff like that, right? And and these are things we've never heard of before, things we've never thought of before, right? Um, and, and then they also have a section in there about, this is how you turn people in for these offenses, right? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And I just feel like, you know, in the in the NFB as blind people, we know that a lot of times it winds up being like a junior high, a junior high class, right? People get nitpicky and they're picking on each other and they're jealous of each other. So they're spreading rumors about each other in the blind community and a lot of bad stuff happens. And I just hate to see that, you know, um, go on and it's happening right and it's gonna that's what the nfb is encouraging with with this these new rules they're encouraging people to to report those things and to develop those feelings you know i a long time ago decided that i better stop being offended because i was wasting a lot of my time being offended and i better stop feeling sorry for myself because i wasted a lot of my time feeling sorry for myself and it was after I stopped being offended and it was after I stopped feeling sorry for myself that I actually started getting shit accomplished. Yeah. And now, I just feel like the NFB is setting us up for failure here by teaching us to to do this to our fellow blind people. Like I said, it's going to cause more problems in a society, in a group that is already pretty petty at now, times, right? Now, now, now there is some positive thing. Now there is some positive things I felt the NFB helped a lot with, like like because I got the training, college became easier when I transferred out of community college. Mm-hmm. Oh and, yeah, the NFB definitely has some good training set. And, and 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 that was one of the reasons I joined you for the live video was was to also discuss what it was what it was like to with the challenge of going to college as somebody who's blind. Yeah, would you like to talk about that, Joan? Would you like to talk about the things you learned at the Colorado Center that helped you in college as yeah. a blind person? Yes. Okay. I mean, when I first went to community college, I, I knew it was a different it was a different ball game from high school. You know, more is expected of you. You have to do more advocating for yourself because nobody's because you don't have as many people to bat for you in college as you probably would in high school if you had a guidance counselor or what have you. 
Mm-hmm. And the biggest, the biggest thing that really controlled my college career, if you will, in community college was transportation and mobility. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Transportation and mobility is a huge, huge factor in in school because you have to get to and from school, you have to go to school commitments. And those commitments, if you miss them, you could it could hurt your grade. Now your your counselor is supposed to provide your setup transportation for you to and from school. Did you did your counselor not help you do that? The the problem was when I was in community college, I didn't have a case opened with VR. I I didn't open my case until I decided I was going to go to the Colorado Center for the Blind. Mm-hmm. But I had already, I already, I had already, um, I already had five years of community college under my belt, and I spoke with my family, and they said it's time for you to go to an NFB center because you're running out of classes to take at community college, and you're going to have to transfer to somewhere where you can travel independently. Oh, yeah, Joe, and thank you so much for bringing this up, because this is another thing I want to point out to our viewers that I pointed out on previous episodes. If you're living at home with a family member who is, quote unquote, taking care of you or letting you live with them because you're unable to support yourself or take care of yourself, there are plenty of really good quality training centers here in the United States. A lot of them NFB run. And I would recommend you go to one that is NFB-run or NFB-sanctioned. And where you can learn all the skills you need. You can learn Braille. You can learn how to use JAWS or other programs to make a computer accessible to you. You can learn how to use a cane or a dog, if you prefer a dog, for your mobility tool. You can learn how to cook and clean in a house. You can learn how to take care of children. You can learn anything you need need or want to know to succeed in life as a blind person at one of these NFB centers, as long as you believe in yourself. Yeah. And, and, and that's, I mean, I know we, I know we were, I know we kind of, kind of jumped tracks here, but that's why that's, that's the, that's really the only area I really respected the NFB because, because when I went to their center in Colorado, I thought, okay, this this is fine. I could transfer to a major university and live on campus, which I which I did right after I graduated CCB. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things got much much better. My yeah. my grades were higher because I was able to have easier access to tutoring. Because the problem was, if I needed tutoring in community college, I had to arrange extra transportation, which was extra time and money, mm-hmm. and it was. It wasn't really helping my grades because then I had to question, well, can I access tutoring that day? Because can I really come in? Mm-hmm. Um, and so were you, you, were you able to resolve those problems while you were in Colorado? Or did you always have those problems with transportation? Well, after learning how to use the transportation in Colorado, I realized I need a change of environment if I expect to continue in school. And even searching for a school to transfer to was was a decision to make because I looked at th- I looked at all three all made three major universities here in Arizona, U of mm-hmm. A, ASU, and NAU in Flagstaff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the first thing I had I ever had to consider was readily available transportation because mm-hmm. that's 
because it's a crucial part of your education. It's it it's college a is part a, of your life's period. Like my life took off once Lyft became readily available, right? Yes. Because the the transportation problem I dealt with for 30 years was gone. So and I know what you're talking about, Joe. A lot of our viewers, I'm sure, do. And and even when you go when you, even when you graduate from school and work a job, one of the first things they'll ask you is, do you have reliable transportation? And so mm -hmm. choosing where you want to live to build your life, mm -hmm. you really have to you have to carefully, very carefully think through that decision. I mean, I mean, you wouldn't want to live on a 30 acre farm and try to do it as a blind person. <laughs> Joe, I'm so glad you joined us today. <laughs> I, I, it's an honor to be, it was, it was an honor to be invited here. Um, and so, is there anything else you'd like to share about your time at, at um, Colorado Center? I actually took a college prep course. Uh -huh. which uh, which was offered in the latter half of my program mm -hmm. and and it the course actually walked us through how to better communicate with our disability office with the university offices the disability offices at our at our school of choice mm -hmm. and we also discussed uh, on campus living i mean What's it like to live on campus? Do you have transportation? How how can you navigate things like mess halls for mealtime? Did they teach you guys any advocacy for speaking to your instructors and stuff at, as as a blind college student? Yes, they they said they said take advantage of your professor's office hours as much as you can early in the semester because if you wait until if you wait till the end of the semester it may not help you, especially if you're failing the course. Mm -hmm. and, and especially for somebody who's blind, you have to, they say for somebody who's blind, it you want to take advantage of office hours more than your sighted counterparts because communication with, you, with what you need in regards to your accommodations, those lines have to be wide open. So back onto the subject of advocacy, though, did they make you aware of what your rights were as a blind student? What what tools you were entitled to, and what level of of assistance you were entitled to from the instructor? Yes, you know, and, and how to communicate those needs to your instructor and the rest of the school, you know, to make sure you got yeah. what you needed. Yes. Okay. And did you find what they taught you worked? Um, immensely. I mean. I mean, when it came to doing, I mean, when it when it came to every aspect of my courses, going off campus to do extra credit projects, or mm -hmm. even even down to taking a test. Okay. Um, well, so you I feel mean, like you succeeded in college, then, uh, in a big part because of what you learned at the Colorado Center for the Blind. Yeah, and, and I spoke with my family about it for a long time because mm -hmm. you know, you know. Family, that's one reason why family is there, to help guide you through these decisions. And when it came time to consider transferring to a major university, it's like, should I transfer now or catch up on my blindness skills training? And that's the route, and the latter is the route we took. Mm -hmm. Because we thought, because a major university is a lot different than, it's the major leagues, if you will, of college. It's mm -hmm. you've, you've upgraded to junior college to 
a university where you're training for your future career. Mm -hmm. Right. You're, but, but you have to prep yourself. And for somebody who's blind, it requires extra preparation because you have to, so because Jen, of so many adaptations of living on your own, whether it's, whether it's in college or in your own apartment. So, so you're going to college. So Joe, what is your, what is your career plan when you're done with college then and done with your school? I'm honestly undecided Becca, because while, while the, while, while it seemed like fun um, at the, at first to get a career, to have a career in social work, I really like the idea of, of a career in public transportation with Valley Metro in Phoenix. Do you want to be a bus driver? No. Um, no, I, was a I, joke. I I'm sorry. My <laughs> yeah. But I've always, I've always wanted to be that person who be that person who people, that person who people talk, who people talk, talk to when they have phone. questions about how to navigate the transportation mm -hmm. in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Because I, I've, I've used, I've used the transportation, the bus and light rail very, very faithfully. And, uh, I actually, for the viewers out there, I actually spoke at a conference for a group called friends of transit. Mm -hmm. And, um, representatives from representatives from valley metro were there and during the time of quarantine i i attended public meetings about some of the extension projects with the light rail mm -hmm. and one of the one of the representatives recognized me and she says we need people like we remember you we need people like you in our agency mm -hmm. and it's That's it's great it, that you're getting involved joe yeah it the pro the problem is it's made me undecided now what i want to do but but be but because of, because of how critical transportation is to everything we do, not just mm -hmm. school, if, if there's a way I'd be able to help make it more accessible for uh, not just us, but everybody else, then I'd, lo I'd love to go in and do that if, if given the chance. Yeah. So do you know um, Brooks? I'm trying to think of his first name. He's also really big into the, in the technology. I or in the transportation situation. Uh, I've actually I've actually person? I've actually talked with him a few times especially when I've had issues with Dialerite. Yeah, what is his first name, Joe? Ron Brooks. Ron his, Brooks. his first name right. is Ron Brooks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I've actually interviewed Ron here on Becca's World before and if our viewers want to go back and look up that interview, I invite you guys to do so because it was a very informative interview. What would you like to share? I mean, you sound like you know a lot about the transportation system as well, Joe. Yeah, I mean. Do you have any recommendations as someone who uses it regularly? Um, well, it it it's all it's all about going out there and trying it, getting used to how it works. I mean, I mean, well, one of one of the things to know about about using transportation is you you have to know how the city is laid out because that the transportation runs with. Uh, runs uh, using that using that formula. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, determining what what streets you have to cross after you get off a bus because of the way the addresses are set up on the street. It's like mm -hmm. you. It's like if you know that, then you could be an independent traveler in Phoenix. You don't always. You don't have to depend on paratransit for every little thing. Um, if 
if you know if you know a few simple rules of thumb about how the about how the transportation works on the city on the city grid. So would you like to share a couple of rules of thumb that you know as a proficient traveler of this bus system here with our viewers? I I'd be I'd be happy to. Okay. Um one one of the things to remember about Phoenix is that it's a football field. It 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 works like a football field where you have dividing lines. Um your um the the way the way the way the addresses work because it works well it works hand in hand with transportation is your zero points are Washington Street and Central Avenue. That's where all your addresses start. And can you tell us what direction Washington and Central Avenue like go? Wa so that our viewers know? Washington is east west and central is north south. Central okay. separates the streets and avenues, the numbered streets and numbered avenues. So if you your next major street after central is seventh avenue, and so mm -hmm. that tells you you're seven blocks west of central. Okay. And the bus routes coincide with the block numbers. So Route 1, which takes you to Central Station from the airport, that's the Washington Street bus. Mm -hmm. okay. And Route 0 is Central. Okay, so what is Route 2 then? We don't have a Route 2. It, it, it's Route 3 for the 300 block north of Central, which is Van Buren Street. Okay, and then Route 4 is the 400? No, we don't have a Route 4. Is there it, a Route 5? What, what's that? Are there any other routes? There is Route 7, which is 7th Street. Uh-huh. And then Route 8, which is 7th Avenue. They didn't want to duplicate the Route 7s, so that's right. why that's why they have 7 and 8. Right, that makes sense. Okay, cool. Uh, and then and then and then higher route numbers go go up and down the east-west running streets with streets which are named streets. Like Route 10 is Roosevelt because it's 1,000 north of Central. Oh, okay. But it 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 only takes you it only takes you to 32nd and Roosevelt and takes you back to Central Station mm -hmm. at okay. at Central and Fillmore. Mm -hmm. Um. But other route numbers like Route 17 that's McDowell because it's 1600 north, but we have a Route 16 already assigned to 16th Street. So, Joe, you clearly know the bus, the the streets layout in Phoenix really well, and I want to commend you for that. So, can you tell our viewers, are you totally blind? Yes. And do you use a cane or a dog? I use I use a cane, but I am applying for a dog. In fact, I have to redo my medical clearance next week because, you know, everything shut down for a year because of the pandemic. Uh-huh. And so do you use any kind of navigation device or any navigation apps on that on the device that you could share with our viewers? Like what is your preferred navigation device or navigation app if you use them? I use BlindSquare, which VR helped me pay for when I moved to Phoenix. Mm -hmm. BlindSquare is is a little pricey. Is a little pricey, but it's totally worth the money you pay for it. Mm -hmm. Um, in fact, a lot of the important places I go in Phoenix, like my brother's house, has a pin on it, and my phone alerts me when I get close to his address. Mm -hmm. it, it's like it's like when you showed me your Victor stream, where you were Victor able to drop pins on your addresses. Yeah, you yeah. can do that with you can do that with BlindSquare, and have it with you if you if you can't have your Victor stream with you. 
And you can have blind square on your iPhone or your iPad, right? Yes. It's totally worth the money. Now, is is there there's also a blind square version for the Android as well, right? Or do you know? I on I'm honestly not sure since I'm not an Android user, but maybe somebody else who maybe somebody else knows the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. Um but but it's real helpful like but the other thing you can do is you can simulate other locations that are not your current location. So that like, mm-hmm. say, for example, in Mo- you could simulate a location in Missoula, Montana and mark mm-hmm. the places you frequent, okay. even though you're in Mesa, which I think right. is pretty cool. Yeah, that is really cool. And um. so I and so it, it is it is money well spent. I can't I can't emphasize that enough. Right. Thank you for sharing all of that. Um, you you can uh, even you can even book an Uber from Blind Square or even call your business of uh, that you selected. Mm-hmm. That's really really great. And you know, I know a couple of years ago, um, Blind Square came out with a special. I don't remember a special download or something for the NFT convention that year. They what they had done was they set up. Um, these invisible beams, and I don't remember what they called them, but it was, and the, the, like, all I had to do was download a, an update into my trek here, and every user could, was able to do this that year, and every year since then, I'm sure. Um, yeah. But, like, you downloaded the thing into your trek, and then when you got to the convention, it would tell you when you were close to something, because it was those, those, uh, you know, virtual tags or whatever they're called that they had set up beforehand for us to help us navigate our way around that convention easier and i thought it was a pretty cool idea i honestly wound up i downloaded the thing but i wound up not using it that week because i was just so busy doing other things Um, yeah and and the thing is blind blind square is good i mean say for example oh no i forgot my trekker breeze then then you then you have that navigational tool it's that's the other thing they taught me at, at the center is having multiple tools in your toolbox to help you navigate because you won't always, you may not always have one of your tools. Right. You may, you may not always have your trekker breeze. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, 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 I mean, as I said, it may be human error where you walk out of the house and be like, Oh my goodness, I, I left my trekker breeze, but I can't turn around. So, Joe, you're a proficient Braille reader, right? Yes. When they last tested me, they said I was reading 108 words a minute. Oh, congratulations, my friend. So, do you have a refreshable Braille display of some kind that you use? And if so, which one do you use and why do you prefer it? I use the Vario Ultra 40 cell because it's very straightforward. Or, uh, Can you say you... that again, please? I didn't hear you. You cut out. It's the Vario Ultra uh, Braille display. How do you spell that first word? I'm not exactly sure. I think Varial? it's V-E. Yeah. Braille display? Okay. How many cells is it? 40 cells. Okay. And so is it Bluetooth capable? Um, It is. However, however, because of the time I had gotten it, the NFB got it for me in 2016, it doesn't support the devices I have right now. Oh, okay. Um, but it helps me out immensely at the grocery store because I could make my grocery list and mm-hmm. read it to the shopper's assistant. Mm-hmm. Perfect. You know, I always because... do it on my phone. And... 
same way when I was at the grocery store. And and it also helps me keep track of all my expiration dates on everything. Like I I label stuff and its expiration mm-hmm. dates so that so that I know what what to use first in my grocery. So like when it comes to planning for your groceries or anything like or your date or like um what what you need for ingredients and stuff, it re- it really helps and the reason I use it at the store is because it's so portable and I can car- carry it with me and I practically have my shopping list at the tip of my fingers. I mean, you could just simply put a shopping list in your phone, but it's much is more that... efficient to to so, pull up your Braille display and, yeah. so th- and this, read your this, list. This particular Braille display we're speaking of then, is this Bluetooth capable then? Yeah, it's it the pro- oh. the problem is it the problem is very funny about what it supports. Mm-hmm. Be- because it's an older display. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you so much for sharing all that information with us, Joe. I really appreciate your time today. You made this a really good show. Yeah. Um, yes. And I, I, I know we kind of strayed away from the topics you wanted to talk about, but it, but, but it was, it was all, it was all for me to make sure that when we talk about the NFB, that it's not all negative. Oh, yeah, you know, Joe, I love the NFB. And the topics that I wanted to talk about, I mean, I talked about them and said a little bit about each one. Over time, when I get better at this, I'll spend more time on each of my topics and, you know, like that. But I'm just so nervous about this still. So once I was done going over my topics, you know, talking to you about about your experiences at school and your experiences with mobility and your experiences with transportation. I mean, I can understand all of these because I've lived all of this, you know, like you have for a long time, but our viewers, a lot of them haven't lived it and either because they're sighted. So blindness have never, has never touched their lives or they're blind and they don't know what's really out there and how to gain access to it and how to use it so they can become independent. Yeah. Right? Yes. But if you really think about it, my, my information is really not that is really not that not all that irrelevant because anything we need to do like any advocacy that that we have to do or it, anything well, like saying, you're joe you're i'm not saying that your information is irrelevant at all your information is very relevant yeah i'm commending but, you because this is exactly what i want our viewers to get that i want them to get the truth and the details on how to make stuff happen in their lives as blind people yeah and, and, to make, and to make some of this stuff happen you need some of those skills like like if you want to march on the Capitol, you, you you want to you want to know how to get to the Capitol. Exactly. So, Joe, tell me during your life, you've probably come across people who said, "Joe, you're never going to be able to do that. You're blind, right?" Have you ever dealt with people? Like Many that? people. So tell I, me I, how I, you dealt with that. I can tell you, it's no picnic. I I actually had a, an assisted an assistive teacher who helped me in eighth grade, ironically, before I went to the summer program at the Colorado center for the blind. Mm-hmm. And, and she's, and she always took over and did try to do everything for me. And once when I attempted to try to do it myself, she took it as me being rude and she wanted to send me to the principal's office. Yeah. Yeah. Which which she did that, and the principal says, uh, "I don't see how you were rude. You wanted to try something on your own, and I respect you for that." And so, the the principal pretty much was like, "This was a wasted trip." 
<laughs> well, I'm glad the principal saw the reality in the situation instead of just the emotional uh, stuff drummed up by the teacher, because obviously yeah. her emotions were a little out of whack that day. <laughs> and how ironic that my parents would put me in the summer program at CCB the um, that summer. I I wonder if it's I wonder if it was bec I I wonder if part of it had to do with the fact that they wanted to send the message to me that we could that we could do that we are capable uh, of getting you into school where you can get training. Yeah. Or we're capable of doing things on our own because they mm -hmm. they they were fed up with what the te with how the teacher treated me so that's why they put me in the summer program. Mm -hmm. It, it was a, it was a lot out of their pocket, but they said it was totally worth me getting a taste of what it's like to be an independent blind person for one summer, and that's why I returned for the adult program. Joe, I'm really glad that your parents gave you that opportunity. That is really commendable of them, and I want to make sure our viewers are listening to the words come out of your mouth, because if they're the parents of a blind child, or if they're a blind child themselves, or if they're a blind parent or adult, I want them to hear your words because they're true and I know they're true because I lived them myself. Yeah. And, and and if you and for for any viewers who are parents of blind children, putting them in a program like that not only helps them grow, but they have a lot of fun too. The the camaraderie, the camaraderie. And, and they learn what their capabilities are. Yeah. Once they have the skills they need so that the blindness is no longer a hindrance, then they can really figure out who they are and what their abilities are and what their desires are. Yeah, and and it's good and it's good to start that while they're in school. Those summer programs benefit them because once they graduate high school, with with those summer programs under their belt, they're more prepared to face the world and even decide to do the adult program to better but, enhance their lives if they yeah. so choose. But I want to point out to our viewers that so you send them to a summer program that's all good, that's wonderful. But when they come home from a summer program, let them exercise the skills they've learned. Don't put them back into the box of being your little blind child that you think they need needs taken care of. Wait for them to ask for help. They'll yeah, show you what they've learned. Otherwise, it's a wasted summer. Exactly. And, and I, I really think doing both the summer and adult program really benefits blind adults because they're more prepared to face the world. Oh, yeah. especially a troubled world that we're living in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree the, with you. Because, you know, it, it's cliche, but knowledge is power. And with all this knowledge, may, maybe with some of the issues that you addressed, may, maybe with our knowledge, maybe it'll help us along, you know? Okay, Joe, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And then when we come back, we're going to ask Gino if any of our viewers have made any comments or have any questions. So, Gino, are you ready to play the commercial break? Well, hey, guys, I've got a quick minute. I wanted to share with you the great news that you can now get my first book, Because You're Blind, in hardcover, paperback, and on Audible. See the links below. This is the story of what it was like waking up blind at the age of 12 and then several years later being stripped of my constitutional rights by my parents. And it's the story of how I had to fight to get my constitutional rights back. It's a very powerful story and I encourage you to listen to it. And the first 50 people who email me will get a free download of the Audible version. And all you have to do is go on and write a review on Amazon for me. Thank you very much. And now back to the blind view.
So uh, we lost Tom's microphone. He, he's he's muted, uh, and I can't unmute him. Um, as far as comments, Aaron Richmond was here earlier and just said hello. How's everybody doing today? I don't know if he's still watching. Hey, hey, Aaron, thanks for watching. If you're watching, my friend, and you can be on any time. Let me know if you want to come on next week. And, and anybody else? Tom, I've been trying to unmute you, but it won't let me, so I don't know what's happening with your... Hello? There you are. Oh, was Aaron the only one that commented then, Gino? Yes. Okay. Um, Joe, are you still with us? Yes, I'm still here. Okay, so Gino, Gino, did you play our commercial break then? I did. Okay, great. So are we ready to get back to talking? Joe, do you want to continue talking about the, what you learned at the NFB training centers? and, and... Absolutely, because because... Absolutely, because one of the big things we learned was advocating for for policies that we want or need as blind people. For foreign policies, you said? No, for for any policy relating to dis to how we live our lives independently, mm -hmm. like any policies regarding regarding equal rights for the blind. So, are you talking about the fact that the NFB teaches us to become? Involved politically, in in a lot of ways, yes. Be, because because what happens politically could affect the way we live our lives, the way we are able to live our lives on our own. Mm -hmm. I mean the the other skills the the other skills they're they're critical to building that. So you can because if they if if uh, policymakers if you were to see them in person if they see that you know hey you you're 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 out you're out living independently we see how important this is it it speaks it speaks volumes i mean any blind person who's willing to go to that kind of program learn how to do their own shopping learn how to travel it it really paints it really paints us in a good light especially for policymakers mm -hmm. because then they'll see okay you're not just a burden to society you're actually a person living like everybody else and if we're if we're gonna if we're gonna make things happen, that's one of the biggest barriers we have to take down is that barrier of them thinking, oh, we can't do anything for ourselves. Oh, and you know what, Joe? If we get involved and start making stuff happen, which we all know we can, we can actually move far ahead of our sighted peers. I learned that a long time ago. I learned once I learned once once I was able to start doing stuff for myself and taking care of business for myself, the more I learned, the more I saw that I was actually pulling ahead of a lot of my sighted peers in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, and that's that's why I went to the Colorado Center so I could be so so I could be one of those competitive people with the sighted world. Right. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. You can become a com competitive with your sighted peers by following these steps that we're talking about. And, and attending a program like that because the program, those programs give you those tools to be competition for them. Mm -hmm. yep. you, 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 learn, you, learn how, you learn how to seek employment. You, you basically learn how to do everything, do everything everyone else is doing. Live in your own place. Learn how to pay your own rent. Learn how one to get around. I, one thing I think this, I mean, I've been to one of those centers, and um, one thing I think that the, the centers could work on more and the NFB could work on more is teaching us how to believe in ourselves, right? Which, which, and, like, like help us with our self-confidence and with our communication skills 
talking to people because there was a time when I had no self-confidence and I couldn't talk to anybody, right? And I think a lot of my blind friends suffer from that. And I get that. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, I didn't want to just settle for any old program. And I actually got into an argument with my stepmother over that. Mm-hmm. I, I told, I told her I was going to go back to the Colorado center for the blind. And she says, you're going to, you're going to leave Arizona just to do a life skills training program. And I told her it's not just any life skills training program. It's a program taught by, it's a program where you get educated by your fellow blind community members Teachers who are blind. Services who, for the blind in Phoenix. Um, what what about? Um, I was actually in their supported ed program when I moved to Phoenix. Yeah, because savvy can teach you all that same stuff that you were planning on going back to Colorado to learn, and then you wouldn't have to leave Arizona. Yeah, but yeah, but but at the time I didn't know about all they offer. But at at the time before I knew about savvy, Colorado was the only one I was. Um, Joe, with. do you have someone in the background there? No. Okay, so we're getting some interference from somebody. Tom, do you have someone in the background there? Somebody needs to make sure that the background noise gets gone because it's causing problems. Are you there, Joe? Yes. Okay, go ahead and continue. Um, what I was saying was, be, be, I didn't know much about Savvy at the time, but I only did Colorado because I'd had previous previous experience there before in their summer program. Um, ver, be, and and not only that, I had family. I had extended family in Colorado and Wyoming. I could reach out to if I got in got if I got into any problems or 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 just wanted or just wanted someone to visit in case I got lonely because you're away from your family for nine months. What kind of problems do you think you might come up? against in a situation like that joe when you're going to school like that well homesickness and loneliness Uh because like if you've never lived in an environment like denver colorado and you're from a different state it could be it could be different i mean you could you're you're there with people that you probably don't know that well Uh and not not everybody who goes to those training centers um has immediate family in the area they can reach out to so it 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 can create isolation for those people mm-hmm. that, the, there is a there is a that is a downside and some and the program is not for the faint of heart i mean we've had people enter the program who just weren't ready for the rigorous work that it takes to graduate a program like that i mean mm-hmm. some people go there mistakenly thinking it's a country club but it's not it's oh. not a country club. Yeah, you know, it's not. Um, these these NFB training centers, hats off to them. I like I said, I love I love what I've seen of them, and I've been, experienced them myself. Um, but they tend to um, lean towards um, total blindness. So if you have any residual vision, like I do, they require you to wear a sleep shade, and then they have you doing all this stuff with a cane, right? Stuff that you haven't done without a sleep shade before, and it's pretty intense. Yeah. So making a decision to go there is very is a very big life decision. It's, it's almost as big as deciding if you're going to marry the love of your life because you can't just go into it thinking the workload is going to be light and it's going to be one big vacation because it, it's not a vacation. But just like anything in life that, you know, that you have to work hard at, 
there's a really big payoff at the end because when you graduate from one of those NFB trainer NFB schools, if you've done your work and learned what you need to do, you will be ready to take on life. You'll be ready to go to college if you want to. You'll be ready to go to work for someone because you'll know how to use a computer. And you know, there's so much stuff you can do on a computer these days. Yeah. Because yep. they'll teach you how to use JAWS or any num any one of a number of other talking programs, right, to yeah. make your computer accessible. Yeah. And and if your circumstances are right, you can even buy your first home. Yes. Yeah. Um. And soon we might be able to buy our first self-driving car. Yeah. You know, that's and so, one thing I'm looking forward to. But, but but that's what I caution to the viewers out there. Don't make the decision lightly thinking that you're entering a country club because you're not. It, it's a lot of work, but you guys, it's well worth it. It's like going to college. When I entered my blind immersion training, I looked at it as going to college. I was working towards a goal. I was working towards a big payoff at the end, you know. And, and it was, it was a really big payoff, getting that independence and that self-confidence and those skills that you need, you know, it's irreplaceable. And I can't yeah. believe that it's available to us. We're really blessed. We are. And not, and not only, not only is it helping you with college because of, because of all the other aspects, but the biggest and the, the biggest one you could ever take away is time management skills because they're gonna harp harp that on, they're gonna harp on it at the center. You cannot be late for your your classes at the center because they treat it like a work environment. If you're late, you're penalized. You have to manage your time so that you're where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be. It's well, like Well, to be perfectly honest, Joe, by the time people reach that point in their life, they should be able to be where they need to be on time. You know, we've all been through yeah. high school and all of that by then and lots of other but, things in life. Yes, but we've had issues we've had issues at those centers where people run behind and they blame things like the traffic or the snow. Well, learning like to take responsibility for oneself is a big part of maturity. Um anyway, and so I just and, want to point that out too. And it's like but but that but that's why I brought up time management is because they hold you responsible for being where you're supposed to, even though you even though schools had you do that. But it's like the military; you can't be late to anything. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, they call they. In fact, some of the people I know call it blindness boot camp. Mm -hmm. Oh that, yeah, it totally is. But it's good. It's really good quality training. You know what I mean? And as I that's why that's why that's why I emphasize you can't make the decision lightly. You have to think it through. You gotta be if you wanna you make it. You have to be dedicated. Through, yeah. If you want to make it through, you have to be absolutely certain that you want to do this program. Because the quest the question that's gonna haunt you is how bad do you want it? How bad do you want to live your life? Well, honestly, Joe, to me that was the easy thing. You know, like I had fought for so many years by the time I finally got to an NFB training center. I'd fought for so many years to become independent and to gain the ability to make my own decision and live my life on my own terms. I was ready to go. And I think anybody, by the time they get there to that one of those training centers, anybody in their right mind would be ready to focus on it and put 100% into it because they would see that this is their key and their, their key to becoming you know, independent and living life on their own terms yeah and this and the self-discipline that you the self-discipline that you start to build as you're going through an nfp training program is going to help you in the rest of your life whether it is college or a job that that's that's why i strongly recommend 
people go to a program like that before they continue the rest of their life because that's where you get the tools. And if you're lucky enough to already have good self-discipline skills before you go to a training center like that, you'll be worlds ahead of the game, guys. So listen to me. Work on your self-discipline skills today because if you can discipline yourself to devote yourself to your program when you first get there, you'll be like, it'll go a lot faster and you'll get shit done. Nobody holds your hand figuratively or literally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like, it's, it's what you make of it. Like, if you are driven... If, if you are ambitious and you have things you want to accomplish in life, you'll get them done no matter what, like, no matter what they say to you, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. you're the one who, who makes it or breaks it. You're the one who passes or fails. It's on you. And yeah. so don't, don't let them tell you that, you know, anything, basically. Yeah. And, and, and that, and that's. And, you know, in, in a program like that, you they they touch everything. I mean, it's not just about travel, home management, Braille tech. You you sit in philosophy classes where you talk about, OK, oh, how do you how do you get along with roommates or what do you do when an, when an emergency happens in your apartment or you? Oh, I, in philosophy class, I, we usually discussed just philosophy, like blind philosophy, like. Oh my gosh, just different things that we've experienced as blind people. Joe, you have to admit, as a blind person, haven't you found yourself in a lot of predicaments and a lot of situations where you've learned something really unique? That yeah, those were the yes. sort of things we discussed in philosophy when I went to Savvy Services for the Blind. Yeah, right? well, we we had a broad, we had a wide variety of topics at at in Colorado. We we talked about everything from. We've even had philosophy classes on how people enjoy challenge recreation, how they enjoy going whitewater rafting, or how they enjoy skiing. Or so sometimes, sometimes philosophy classes is just the time for the staff to check in and see, okay, how are things going down at the neighborhood Walmart? Because we've had issues with getting shoppers assistance when we had a neighborhood Walmart next to the apartments and grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we, we had a wide range of topics. Uh, um, oh, we've had some philosophy classes where we've talked about plans for going to state convention. And that's, mm-hmm. and that's one of, and that's another privilege you get is you get to, you get to fly to, to convention, um, mm-hmm. like national convention in the summertime. You would, I don't know, I don't know how soon they'll restart it after the pandemic, but, uh, but you get the privilege of flying with them to mm-hmm. to a convention mm-hmm. yeah and and it the well not only not only do they do it because they want you to learn what the nfb does but also they want you to learn how to travel in large groups through complex places like denver international airport well it's also important to learn to travel by yourself too yeah and that's another thing i mean i travel to convention by myself and I know a lot of other groups, like, I know some of the training centers, they take a whole bunch of people from the training center. So there are large groups going to a national convention like that. But there are a lot of people going on their own. So you can learn to how to travel on your own and be able to find, like, help along the way to get you through what you need. And you can do that while being at a blind convention. So it actually kind of works out, you know? It it does. And it does. And uh that was another reason they had us go home for Christmas so that we could, so that we could try out those skills. Like, mm-hmm. but I did have an issue at, 
at DIA because a lady asked if I had somebody with me, and I told her I didn't. At what? Denver International Airport. Okay, so who, who a lady asked you if you had someone with you? Yes, I I was I was flying home for Christmas because the Colorado Center was on when was on Christmas break. Right. And so, who was the lady who asked you if you had someone flying with you? Oh, I I I didn't get her. I didn't. I didn't get I mean, her name. I should. Was have. she a gate agent? Was she at the ticket counter? She was at the ticket counter. I I okay. I gone in to check my to check my luggage. So what did you tell her when she asked you if you had someone traveling with you? I t- I told her I told her no, and uh, I a- I asked her, did I asked her, and I asked her, have you been here servicing other blind people? Because there's a group, there's a large number of us flying out for Christmas. Yeah, and she yeah. and she and she says, "Well, I would have expected all of you to have somebody with you." <laughs> so she hadn't noticed any other blind people by themselves, though. She, or no, large group. <laughs> That's kind of funny, Joe. But I know I've dealt with that same attitude so many times. Like I. <laughs> And it really, it's really ridiculous. There was a time in my life where I was like, couldn't find my butt with both hands, but I was being denied like the use of a cane, the use of computer skills, the use of braille skills, the use of any skills. I wasn't being denied the ability to learn any of that. And so when I finally got all that, I just took off. And let me tell you guys, once you get your, your skills and, and you get that confidence while you're getting your skills and then you, you open up your eyes and you look around and you're like, wow, what do I want to do with my life? It's a really big deal. Yeah. I now I, I should have handled the situation better, but I did get a little short with short with her and I told her I told her, I have explained this to you now. I would like you to check my bags, please, or I or I will get or I will request to speak with your manager. And so and so she finally dropped the question about if you were traveling with somebody. Yes, um, a lot of that had to do with the fact that I told her I'm a I'm a student at the Colorado Center for the Blind, which is a life skills training center for blind people, and we're 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 all flying home for Christmas. You know, Joe. Before I ever went to a training center, when I was still in Montana fighting that guardianship and those lawyers. I did a lot of traveling by myself to go do things. And I remember during that process, I had to go see this doctor in Helena. He was giving me a neuropsychological evaluation. I loved this doctor. He had been a neuropsychologist treating our vets. So he was very well trained and very respectable and just a great doctor. So when I first met with him, I was really pleased our conversation that we had. But when I first walked into his door, he saw me get out of the car and walk with my cane, of course, walk to his door and come in and sit down and tell the receptionist I was there to meet him, right? Yes. And he came out and he said, how did you get here? And I said, well, I just, you know, and I, I told him, you know how we are as blind people, we have a process. We can literally get anywhere and do anything we want, let me tell yeah. you. But there is a process we have to go through to get stuff accomplished. So I told this doctor my step-by-step that I had taken to get there that day. And he was floored. And this was before he even started the neuropsychological evaluation, right? Yeah. 
And, and so, yeah, we had a really nice conversation and that doctor actually testified for me in court to help me overturn that guardianship in January of 2012. Now but that is first, big. Like my, his first impression of me though, was that I was competent, capable, self-assured, and certainly capable of taking care of myself. He was shocked when I told him what I'd been going through for 15 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and those first impressions, those first impressions, I tell you, they, they, uh, they, they really make a difference. I mean, I mean, and, and you can make a better first impression once you learn your skills and learn your self-confidence. And you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I mean, when I first moved into my dorm at college, pe people had asked me, people had asked me, uh, do, do you need help knowing where everything is on campus? Or, or are you going to be able to make it to this? But they, they were so impressed with how well I was getting around campus mm -hmm. that, uh, that, that they, they wanted me to help other students. Like, like <laughs> traditionally, when you move into on-campus housing downtown, you do a group trip to Target. And right. this is, and, and they do it on the light rail. This is for students who may, who may need to get things that they have forgotten when they left home mm -hmm. to go to college. Mm -hmm. I had one student who missed out on the trip because she fell behind on her, on her move-in move-in day with unpacking. Mm -hmm. Hello? A resident assistant. Oh, hello. Hey, Tom, please don't interrupt because Joe's talking, okay? Uh, uh, um, a resident assistant sent her to my dorm room, uh -huh. and they wanted me to assist her on getting to the Target store at 19th Avenue in Montebello. Okay. And, and once, and I guess word started to spread, spread like wildfire. They said, they said, "Hey, there's a blind. Hey, hey, there's a blind resident who there's a blind resident who's taking students who missed out on the group trip to Target. He's showing them how to get there." <laughs> One son, the first son, the it was only the second son. It was only the first Sunday afternoon that I was there. I did ten trips to Target for people who missed out on the group trip. <laughs> You know, when I lived in Missoula, I used to give sighted visitors to the city of Missoula directions when I would meet them downtown, right? Because I had my orientation of the downtown area so good as a blind person. But your story is really funny, dude. I, oh, I, I was just humbled. I said, you know, I, you, you know, we, we're going to be neighbors for the next, however, we're going to be neighbors for the next, uh, however long a school year is, next nine months. I, I'm going to help. I'm just here to help the community if, if they need it. Joe, that is really funny. So you, I wonder if anybody thought about like scheduling a, okay, everybody who wants to figure out where the target is, sign up, put your name on the sign up sheet and the blind student will take you all tomorrow at 9am or something. Right? The resident assistant did that, but nobody signed their names. They just knocked on my door and said, can you help me please? Joe, that's really remarkable. That's such a great story to share with our viewers. And, and so, they were so impressed that with all the welcome activities as freshmen, 
I was actually excused from all of them because 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 they wanted me to help students get acclimated to the light rail. Yeah. So, Joe, have you speaking of blind people doing things that shock people? Have you heard of this guy, Hinkson? I'm trying to think of his first name. I've talked about him on the show before. He's a blind guy. I don't think I've heard of him. His last name is Hinkson. I don't remember his first name. He was in one of the Twin Towers on September 11th, 2001 with his guide dog. And I, I haven't read this book that he wrote, but I guess he wrote a book about his experiences and what him and his guide dog, his dog's name was Thunder, I guess, because in the book is named Thunder the Wonder Dog or something like that. But him and his guide dog led sighted people out of the Twin Towers on September 11th. His guide dog led the way through the smoke and debris and all of the confusion. And you, yes, and I've heard this story. We we actually we actually listen we actually listened to that story on 9/11 at the center. Right. So it's such a remarkable story, but it's just a good example of what blind people are really capable of when we're put to it, right? And if we're allowed to, to, to if we're allowed to, right? Yes. And that's just one thing I have learned in my own experience. And I want to drive that home for our viewers, whether you're blind or sighted. Blind people have so many abilities and you can never guess what their abilities are. So don't put any blind people in a box ever. No, no, I, I was, I was glad that my neighbors didn't do that. In fact, they were, they were coming to me because apparently I was the go-to guy on campus to help them figure out where the target store is. Because as, as I, as I said, the resident assistants do that for people who move in because, you know, you never know. They may have forgotten something at home and they need to go to Target or to get a few groceries, to just get a few groceries to hold them over until the dining hall opens the day before school. Yeah. Yeah. Be because when they move in, the dining hall is not yet open. And so they need mm -hmm. some food. They, they, mm -hmm. they might need food in their room to kind of, to kind of bridge the gap between their move-in day and when their meal plan starts. Right. But but these were people from out of state who've never even been to Phoenix. They didn't know mm -hmm. where anything was. Okay. Well, Joe, that is really, really commendable. I think that is so impressive. And what a great way to meet people and, you know, um, just to, you know, provide that service for your fellow students. I think that was really amazing. Yeah, and and everybody will everybody wins because it also gave me an opportunity to get things that I may have forgotten from home or any any essentials I needed from the Target store. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, I personally I prefer Target over Walmart because it's less crowded. So, Joe, were you able to get a hold of um, Christopher this morning? No. Okay, and I messaged him. I guess he felt. I guess he forgot about our meeting today because he said earlier in the week he was going to be here. Yeah, uh, he, yeah, he. Oh, he he does tend to be forgetful of of things. I, when I was his roommate in Colorado, I'd suggest that he start writing things down because he'd he'd forget things like he he forgot when Braille assignments were due for his Braille class, and I says, and it and then it's Sunday night. He comes to me and says, "I didn't do my Braille assignment yet." I says, "How long ago did you have this assignment?" So. As you want, I want to wrap the show up, Joe, but do you want to take a quick moment and share 
because it's, it's kind of fun talking about the way we do stuff as buying people. Do you want to show some quick ways of pe ways people can wait, like make notes for themselves? Like there's Slate and Stylist, right? There's voice yeah. memos, right? Yes. Um, we have tools as blind people that we can use to do these things. Yeah. Um, so Joe, would you like to say anything final before we wrap up the show? I, the final, the final word I'd like to say is organization is key to doing anything that you have to do in your daily life. You, you, you gotta be, you gotta be well organized, whether it's with your notes, your reminders, because we, you know, as, as blind people, you know, we already stay organized with where everything is, you know, where do we put our shoes? Where do we put our wallets and stuff? But it goes beyond that. Organization gets you far in every endeavor. Yeah, I'm learning that in my own life. Being organized is always the best policy. I mean, I, I wasn't always the best at it, but but I matured in that department at the center because they they taught us, you know, you got to be organized. Like if we're going to convention, you got to, you got to have your stuff ready days before we leave because you don't want to go to the airport and realize you forgot something. Right. Tom, are you still with us? Tom, is there anything you'd like to add? Tom, I think has some problems with this technology sometimes. So maybe he's bowed out. Um, so, Joe, I'm going to wrap up the show because, honestly, I'm getting a headache and I need to take care of myself. Thank you so much for joining us today, Joe. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Will, will this be up on YouTube later later for us to watch? Oh, or how, yeah, how do we will, go back to watch it? I, I think it takes what, maybe 24 to 48 hours for YouTube to process it, but it's already up live. Like What I always do, like I go on Facebook because it's streaming out live on Facebook. So I go on there and I just look for the notification and I just click on it and I watch it on one of the notifications, right? Because it'll say Blue Butterfly Enterprises was live, right? I mean, are you subscribed to my feed on Facebook? We're friends, I believe, so you should get a notification. But if not, like go go look on like my, my Facebook page or on like the Blue Butterfly Enterprises page because that's what we streamed it through so you should be able to go on there and just click on the link and you can watch it right away that's what i do like I yeah said, yeah so. i i just wondered because i Hello? If... hi tom can we do I just that interview like... show or no yeah we'll do it so when we're done with the blind view tom just give me a minute joe and i are wrapping up the show tom is there anything you'd like i was to just do? wondering okay so so joe is are, are you ready to wrap up the show yeah, yes, I am, and and I do thank you so much for having me on the show today. Well, Joe, stick around because we'd like to do like a VIP video with you real quick. You know, a visually impaired person is a ten-question video. Yes. Okay, so don't don't hang up the phone. Okay, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Becca's World. Please like, share, and hit the subscribe button. Peace out, y'all. That's a wrap, guys. Thank you for watching Becca's World. Please like, share, and subscribe to my channel.